Hi, I'm Nancy. Hi, I'm Emma, and welcome to our weekly Chronicle podcast. So throughout the years, we always study a law module. In first year, we studied law and public affairs. Second year was law and ethics for journalists. And this year is law and international media regulation. So throughout the three years of studying journalism, we've actually learned quite a lot. We've learned about the basics of the judicial system and how journalists carry out their work. And we do this by engaging in their day-to-day lives. We've also learned about the legal and ethical issues and the reporting restrictions by also attending court cases to see what actually happens. So government and politics are topics that we have to do, which makes us quite lucky as trainee journalists. We're clued up on laws surrounding reporting as a journalist, but most importantly, we learn about borough councils, county councils, some magistrate and crown courts, and so on. Today's Chronicles was more like an interactive Q&A style with our course leader, Hilary Scott. We were joined by James Avril and Sarah Ward, who are local democracy reporters that are paid by the BBC, but work for different news outlets in Northampton, including The Telegraph and the Northampton Chronicles. Sarah and James told us how they became local democracy reporters. I, um, about 15 years ago, I was working as a reporter, did that for seven years in Corby, um, and then left for a number of reasons. I think basically pay, that we were paid very badly. And so I went and set up my own PR agency and did that for 10 years. Um, that was interesting in terms of business, but in terms of work satisfaction, there was, for me, being a journalist, there's not much in PR. So my friend at the paper, Kate Cronin, who's a reporter, just said to me, this job's coming up. Do you fancy it? And I thought, yeah, yeah, that's the kind of thing I like to do. So I um, applied. don't know if anybody else applied. I don't think anyone actually did apply. They'd been looking for a while because... The money isn't great, and um, yeah, got the job. That's how I got into it. And then, now I I've known James a little bit longer, and some of you might know James through the through the cobblers yeah. because you were. Uh, is it your dad who's part of the supporters? Well, program? yeah, I was on it as well, the supporters trust. So when um, all the troubles with the cobblers happened a few years ago, 2015, um, my my face was everywhere as like the spokesperson of, of the trust. So I was on. Sky News, all the local papers, etc. So you, you... I was working as a reporter in in Milton Keynes at the same time. So it was quite a weird time where I was a reporter for like half my day and then a, a spokesman for for the other half. So and I met you when you were on the Herald and Post in the days when they were the Herald and Post still existed in Northampton and and everywhere in the country. So you did you freelance quite a lot, didn't you, and went round? Yeah, so I started off um, as a news reporter at MK News in Milton Keynes, and then on Saturdays I would do um, reports on the cobblers for uh, for Steve at the Herald and Post. Did a little bit of freelance work, so went to Luton on Sunday, but did that from Bedford, uh, which was difficult. They didn't have an office in Luton. Uh, I did that freelance for a little while, and they closed that paper. And then I moved to Johnston Press, which is now JPI, for Milton Keynes Citizen. And when I was there, I was the full-time reporter for Milton Keynes Bedford and Hemel Hempstead. And did you do, did either of you do journalism, in inverted commas, at university? Or yeah, did yeah, I did an English degree and then I went to Leicester de Montfort and did their postgraduate course. And? I did journalism at uni, yeah, at the University of Kent. And um, were you on a kind of multimedia course at that stage was the I'm not I'm not questioning how old either of you no, are but no. mine wasn't it was um no 2002 so pre Facebook and all of that stuff so it was just print journalism so shorthand shorthand law yes. law yeah local government 
the, the, the kind of the, the solid basics yeah. of reporting. And you did a bit of radio. Yeah, so I, I did, uh, I started in 2009 uh, down at Kent and we did, Baby. yeah, <laughs> well, I don't look it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we did radio, we did TV, did uh, online and print within the one course, as well as getting your short, your NCTJ, so we did shorthand and the politics and, and laws. See, before I started university, I didn't really know much about, you know, different types of councils and um, courts. Like, I knew it, I knew a little bit, but I didn't know as much as I know now. Yeah, definitely. And I think, like, we learned a lot about, like, we learned, like, what different courts are, but we also learned, like, the process of what happens in each court. Like, I had no clue about, like, what type of cases get tried at magistrates, what type of cases get tried at Crown Court like things like that and especially like what happens in councils and we didn't know like what well, I didn't know like if you was if you were to ask me like who handles bin collections or who handles like potholes like, I didn't know that before uni and that's why like, I kind of appreciate like coming to university and studying journalism because you get to learn about these stuff um, and it just gives you more knowledge about you know about life and what's going on in the world and stuff like that yeah, like it doesn't. It just doesn't help you as a journalist, but it helps you as like just like a normal citizen. Not well, not a normal citizen, but just as a citizen. And also, I think we're quite lucky in a sense that we don't just do print journalism. Like we get to do more than print, like TV and radio. Yeah, and um, just getting the chance to like know what what goes on like in the journalist day to day lives because we do have news days as well, where we get to partici- participate in um, a full day of you know, doing what actual journalists do. So, yeah, I kind of appreciate coming to uni and actually learn about these kind of stuff. Especially at, I can't talk about every other uni, but University of Northampton's Multimedia Journalism course has been very helpful um, as it hasn't just helped us be the journalists we are today, but it's helped us know more about what's going on in the world because you don't really get to, well, for me anyway, when I didn't study, when I didn't come to university, I didn't really read read the news as much or like yeah. listen to the news but because i'm now studying it i kind of like i'm up to date with what's happening now yeah it's natural it's natural yeah. it's natural to like know what's like click on your phone go on the news see what's happening in the world like so it's been very helpful and do you find that um now that you're because you're you're basically part of your contract is, is that you're only allowed to report um local democracy or democracy, I say more loosely. So what can that involve? It's not just council meetings, is it? No, no. So we cover the health boards as well. So I'll go to the hospital, their, their meetings, police will cover that. So it, it gets, So I try and have a really broad remit. So I'll push the edges of that. Because if you get a story, a story's a story. If it's a good story, you just follow it through. But yeah, it really, local democracy affects the whole of life. And, and court, for, you know, court. I, I covered the cobblers... Um, yeah. Uh, Northampton Borough Council versus the former cobbler's owner as a, a civil court in Birmingham this week. Not, not you know, pretty, not not reporting. Pretty quick, wasn't it? I hear. Uh, well, apart oh. from actually, I was I was retweeting your your uh, your threads. threads. Yeah. And um, I think quick, as in they didn't turn up, did they? They weren't there, no. Um, but uh, we didn't expect them to be. No. And um, I think there was a definitely a kind of a lot of sort of. Uh, air punching going on about the, them at least getting something back off that deal though there's still a criminal case going on isn't there so yeah as you lot know you can't you know until the criminal case is done you can't kind of comment on it in depth what hillary just stated is that 
um, like we should know, for example, like not to comment on criminal cases in depth. It's just an example of how it's this, like studying this has helped us stay out of trouble as a journalist. And you also get taught about um, having to like follow the rules when it comes to like um, radio, TV, print. Um, you've got Ipso and you always have to follow the guidelines because you you kind of like get scared about the consequences that could happen if you do get caught or like if something does happen. Um, so it just makes you more aware of what you should actually do if you're a journalist. And I think that's where you get like an upper hand if you do study journalism because, you know, people find themselves in these troubles just because they simply don't know that there's like regulators like Ofcom and Ipso, etc. So Nancy, how do you feel about politics? See, I'm not actually a big fan, I would say, about politics. Like, I've never really been as much as I would like to. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I'm quite young at the moment. Um, so I feel like maybe, I don't know, I'll end up maybe liking it later on in the in the years. But for now, I'll, I'll say, no, <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, I think I'm not. It's not that I'm not interested in politics because it is quite in- interesting. It's just that's quite a dull repetitive topic yeah and this leads on to hillary's next question she asked sarah and james how do you make politics more appealing for people like us because it's true it's not a very appealing subject it's really funny because i i I had no interest in politics when i was at uni and we went to a, a council meeting and genuinely we spent the whole thing doodling at the back of the meeting so my art my art came on a treat but um uh (laughs) That, yeah, it, it took a little while for, for me to become interested in that. But, um, y- you know, when we did stop doodling and actually took some notes down, I did get a good story out of it. Um, uh, and it wasn't actually something that I went for. Do you remember you, what it was? Um, I think it, it's funny. They had, they had a silly little row over a, ch- uh, a councillor, p- councillors passing sweets round while they were cutting, like, a care home uh, f- care home funding. So all the protesters were getting really mad at this. So it, it wasn't what I went for. I think I went for something... Actually, in hindsight, was probably much duller, but, but it, I got the story from because something you were else there, and because I was there. Yeah, I'd say that's it. It's about people in the room. I watch. What I like to do is watch the people, watch the reactions. Don't just sit there. You can find out a lot. I try and gauge what's going on, but generally, the stuff you go for doesn't happen. And like James says, something will be said. Someone will say something they shouldn't have said, or you find out information that's not in that report. You have to be in that room to. And, you know, how do you make young people, people generally actually, interested in what is going on when people don't vote in local elections, people don't really understand what's going on? I mean, what, uh, you know, how do you, how do you get people to kind of engage with your stories? You've got to, you've got to humanise them a bit. You can't make it about the proceedings. Uh, you've got to make it about how it would affect the person on the street. If they're going to that meeting, uh, does it mean if they're cutting pothole funding, it means you're going to have to shell out to replace your tyres or things like that? You know, it's it, it's not a sexy subject, like we say, but uh, you've got to humanise it in, in a way. You can't start off going, a council meeting discuss this. You know, no, everyone will switch off after three seconds, basically. Because these are powerful people and they do need to be held to account. If, if they're just getting on with their business with nobody sitting there watching... And all sorts of stuff can happen. So, yeah, they affect every aspect of your life and make those decisions on your behalf. And often it's not on your behalf. And often it's, um, I mean, it's spending a vast amount of your taxpayers' money Mm -hmm. um, 
to, as we now know from County Council, you know, it's never, never, it's always a bit daunting when somebody slaps a massive great uh, council audit committee thing on your desk and you've got to go through it and look for where the money's gone. But that's, you know, that's where the, that's where the good stories are, yeah. yes. Yeah, so I often say what's the interesting bit is what's not in the report. So read the report and then the questions you have are often where the juicy detail is and then go to the media officer and ask those questions or ring people up. I mean, what I generally do most days we have reports, but I will ring at least three councillors or people a day and the things you find out are that you just ask what's going on and you'll, you'll generally find out. But um, you do need to have an interest in people and I think a main part of the job is having a sense of justice, but also being a bit of a pain in the bum. I think that's, we're professional pains in the arses, really. So Hilary asked them what it actually feels like to pick up a phone for the first time and try to get an interview with someone. Emma, how, do you, how did you feel? Do you know what? I didn't feel as scared and nervous as other people may have felt, just because um, my my part-time job as a receptionist taught me how to like answer phones call people so I never found it awkward however um the only p bit I found difficult is am I bothering them do they want to speak to me mm -mm, they don't really want to speak to me so that's where I struggled see my first time oh my gosh I was shaking like I was so nervous and I was so scared because I've never really like done that I've never like picked up a phone and you know, had to ask questions to someone, like someone you didn't even know. Like, although it makes it easier because you don't know them, but um, I just found it really like, I don't know, I was just shaking. And like throughout the conversation, I think they could tell that I was I was scared because my my voice was just shaking. But um, you kind of get used to it now. It makes it easier now. Yeah, and I think it's important to know that it does get easier, and we all do feel nervous. That, that is hard, that's daunting, and still today, if I'm in a busy newsroom, it can be, if people are listening to you on the phone, it can be intimidating, because you, you feel the pressure. But um, I often do it on my own, go and have, and then you can have a good conversation. But yeah, it is daunting to do that. But what's the worst that can happen, really? You just get the answers to the questions. Well, I mean, I remember being at uni and the lecturers there constantly drilling into us to use the phone, you know, because if you send someone an email, they can easily just yeah. fob that off. Um, you call them, uh, they've got to kind of deal with you. So um, I kind of got into that habit when I was at uni, so it was never really a problem for me. One of our classmates asked um, our guest speakers, how do we get through to people? For example, on Newsdays, we majority of the time we have to contact counsellors and it is quite hard to get through to them being student journalists. So you just ask them, um, how do you actually get through to them? How do you find, Nancy, how do you find it like, not even just counsellors, like getting guests and getting interviews? Like, how do you find the whole process of that? I find the process, um, I wouldn't say it's quite long, but um, you do have to do a lot of research of like who you're actually going to interview. Um, and when you actually find the person, sometimes they do reject you only because you're a student. Um, they feel like because you're a student, there's no point in speaking to you because what are you really going to do? Do you know what I mean? So um, c personally, I've been rejected a few times. No one wanted to speak to me, like especially when it came to Newsdays. Um, I'll call up um, someone about a story that I, saw, that I saw on the Chronicles. Um, and ask them if I can ask them a few questions and they were like, no, sorry, I'm not available because you're, you're not a journalist. Um, so yeah, I think comments like that, it kind of makes me feel a bit, um, 
I wouldn't say upset, but makes me feel away because I'm studying to be a journalist. Um, and when people try to put you down like that, it kind of hurts your feelings, do you know what I mean? How do you feel? Well, I feel the same. Um, just because sometimes you genuinely, it's not, obviously you have to get the interviews for your projects, but sometimes you genuinely, genuinely want this project for like your show role, for example. So sometimes it is very disheartening. It's just like, just because it's not going on a platform like BBC doesn't mean I'm not important. It can be difficult because I, th I think we tend to forget that a lot of them have jobs. You know, they're, they're, they work and then do this in their spare time. Um, some of them don't. Um, but generally, <laughs> pre-planning is, is, is best for that. Um, and the good thing about council agendas and our job is that we can see what's coming up in the next week or so. We, we pretty much know mm -hmm. uh, usually you know, the 10 or 8... Uh, eight to ten stories that we're going to be covering next week because it's all on the council agendas and then you obviously get the three or four bonus ones that you get from coming to the meetings so just kind of also getting to know the councillors know when you get responses out of them what times of day they call back etc what times they don't um so it's just building a rapport you won't you won't get there straight away um it'll take a few calls to get to understand that that councillor and how they work but they should answer your questions and they yeah. should pick up the phone they wanted to be elected, so I would keep ringing them. If there's someone you can't get hold of, I, I do pester because that's their job. They're supposed to be accountable. So yeah. But they, they okay. respond. They respond much more to uh, calls than emails. Really, it's it, emails. It takes them three working days usually. Call. Yeah, get, straight get away. Back, usually pretty the pre-planning thing is a point. I mean, I know that you all kind of roll your eyes and go, "Oh, Newsday." <laughs> But, and, and everybody nags you endlessly about uh, um, preparing and not leaving it, not just rocking up on Newsday and going, oh, I read, some, I read this in the Cron this morning. Um, is it if you are looking at the dates of when your Newsdays are and going, actually, there's a council meeting the night before, then, then you're sorted. So, of course, we had to end it on the popular subject about money and prints our favorite things um and the future of journalism really so i guess we've got to say goodbye to newspapers and potentially magazines later on in the future um because people are starting to get their information online especially as we know the northampton chronicle used to be a newspaper but now they have gone to online um news but people their advertising on their website is much more intense than other websites. Um, like with their ser their surveys. Like you can't read a full article without without having to skip. So um, yeah, and I guess it's a I guess it's a lot more easier to just read the news online, um, because not many people actually buy newspapers anymore. That's why they're soon going to get rid of them, and we're just always on our phones, really. So why not why not put something online because it's easily accessible and obviously that's now where the money is at but um thank you for listening to our podcast the big problem is that because we've now we now put all our news online for free people think that they're entitled to free news in a way which uh comes at a cost because journalism costs money and until we find a model mm. that monetizes web websites it's it's going to be an increasing problem because we the vast majority of our income still comes from print products even though you know they're 
the sales. Yeah, I mean, the sales are a single digit decline, so it's, a, it's not as bad as uh, a lot of s some of the other papers are actually doing quite well on that front. It's, it sounds odd to celebrate a single digit yeah. decline, but realistically, that's a good performance in the current climate. It's very difficult because, um, you know, you in every, when I started in newspapers 20, more than 25 years ago, they had a lot of old people who'd been on the paper for a long time say, oh, it's not like it was in my day, and uh, the broadsheet, and uh, the pinkin, and uh, uh, we were like, all right, granddad, come on, you know, news has changed. Yeah. But even since the kind of early 90s, you, you know, I do remember some, having a conversation with an editor in kind of mid-90s saying, oh, you know, the internet, what, what are we going to do about the internet? And them going, ah, oh, nothing. <laughs> People always buy papers. And to a certain extent, I think people will always buy papers. I mean, we, we talk about it quite a lot in class, about people like The Guardian have started doing a weekly roundup paper for a fiver, which is selling. Whereas actually a lot of the online stuff that you get now has that targeted, oh, you liked a story about bins, so here's another story about bins. Or, or you've bought a tent, so here's an advert about a tent. You know, that, and you're not getting anything beyond that blinkered algorithm, if you like. And that's what I still love about papers. If you pick up a paper, you will read all of it, even the stuff that you didn't know that yeah. you were going to read, if you see what I mean. It's not that targeted. And that's yeah. the future for you, I think.